and we're live on YouTube. Hello, YouTubers. And somehow I am frozen on, um, yeah, we have to end it, we have to start over. Somehow we froze. Uh, continue. And I keep freezing. So I'm going to uh, end the live video there. But everything is going on here. Uh, and we're going to try to straighten all that out. Um, we're going to try it one more time. And you on YouTube actually get to witness this. So we're going in three, two, one, and blast off. And there we are live. We were like, the picture was like frozen on Facebook Live. Um, you know, uh, we all think we're smart as hell, but, uh, you know, we're all living in somebody else's world. Uh, some kid who, uh, was just a geek who was trying to find a meet girl, either invented or stole Facebook, depending on how the story goes. And, uh, we use it to, uh, to love and learn and fight and communicate. So, uh, here we are, ladies and gentlemen, Sunday afternoon. I don't know if we're on comedy schools, radionetwork.com yet. We were having some, uh, issues. Okay. We are. Now we're on. So there's uh, three ways, ladies and gentlemen, three ways to find us. Uh, and finding us, you are. Um, Sunday afternoon, uh, just a few hours away from um, our big Zoom show, our big pay-per-view event tonight. I say big. It's not going to be big. It's not like 1,000, 10,000, 100,000 people. Just something you said. But uh, from our pay-per-view event, uh, presents Jonathan Gregory tonight at 7 p.m., uh, if you want to purchase the ticket and uh, then if you're like quarantined with like 25 people, all 25 people can, uh, there we have the problem with a uh, loose white, yeah, and because of that, the, uh, the whole thing almost just fell over here. Um, because of that, um, alright, sorry I lost my train of thought as we're dealing with some technical stuff here. Uh, if you're quarantined with 25 people, one ticket, $10, and all 25 people can, uh, can uh, experience the event. If you've never seen or heard of Jonathan Gregory, I urge you, he is something new, completely different. If you're from the greater Phoenix area, you know who he is and you're excited at the opportunity to have him in your home. We bring comedy to your living room through the magic of Zoom every Sunday night with Tony Visick Presents. So a few hours away from that. Good to see all of you today on a Sunday. I hope you're having a pleasant Sunday. Uh, I am. I am having a pleasant Sunday, as pleasant as can be. Um, you know, I was talking with a friend of mine who owns a, a club here in town. Tom Sims owns Stir Crazy. Tom's a great guy. A, uh, uh, he's a real comics club owner. He started out as a comic, funny guy, local comic, and has opened up uh, just a wonderful club in Glendale, Arizona, which is near where the Arizona football Cardinals will eventually play again. And where Shirley and I saw the Rolling Stones um, last year. It's kind of hard to believe all those people in that stadium Nobody worrying about, did you sneeze? Who sneezed? Somebody sneezed in row five. We have to run. Do you ever think about how this got so out of hand? I'm not saying it was out of hand. Uh, how it, you know, and I was thinking back to uh, hearing about this uh, in uh, Italy and hearing about the lockdown in Italy and hearing about what was going on in China and going, wow, is it going to come here? And as they went from epidemic to pandemic, uh, I remember the end of February go, telling Shirley, I go, I better go to Los Angeles now to visit my brother and my daughter because uh, I don't know if they're going to shut down the borders. I don't know if this thing's going to kill millions of people. I have no idea. And going there and things were strange there. Everything was still open, but I was washing my hands like crazy. Uh, a couple things happened that really, uh, really started uh, solidifying it in people's minds, I think. One was a uh, broadcast from Iran. Do you remember this? 
So it was the uh, the uh, Iranian president and I think Iranian health minister assuring the Iranian people that the uh, uh, COVID epidemic was not in Iran and everybody was safe and everybody was fine. And meanwhile, one of them was starting to sweat bullets and wipe his brow and damn near passed out. And it was like, it was one of those things where you're going, ooh. And the other thing was the cancellation of the NBA game. And now for the life of me, I can't remember which game it was or which player. But all of a sudden, right at the beginning of an NBA game, they go, so-and-so has tested positive for coronavirus, and they canceled the NBA game. And then within a day or so, canceled the NBA season, and we were off to the races. And then um, people were still trying to find a way to do things. They were saying, uh, you know, all of a sudden, San Francisco was locked down completely. New York was locked down. Other places, they were saying you could have gatherings of 250 people. The next day, 50. next day, 25. Then on um, March... I want to say 16th, Deborah Burks announced from the podium in the White House standing next to Donald Trump that the federal government was recommending no gatherings of 10, more than 10. And that shut down almost every business in America, or the majority of business in America. Uh, I had contracts canceled, everybody did. And that's kind of, you know, I said at the beginning of all this that this is either the greatest overreaction in human history or some really bad's happening. And I still don't know which one, you know, but uh, there was a chain of events. And then it was like from the bottom up. It was like city councils and mayors and, and aldermen and governors and doctors who work for the government just shutting down business and shutting down cities and shutting down industries one after another. Uh, and at varying state to state, we still don't have a national plan. So a national plan. But when I think about how it all started, and doesn't it all seem kind of weird and surreal now? And it was only um, 60, 75, 80 days ago that all that happened. Anyway, uh, I hope that you have found a way to, and, and I know that many of you have, a way to survive and a way to thrive. Uh, Shirley and I work very hard together and uh, work very hard with you uh, putting together uh, this show that we do every day as a way to give us some sort of linchpin uh, to conduct our business in a world where everything got turned topsy-turvy. So let's just get to the fun stuff again, because um, that's kind of what I like doing on this show. Um, give you something else to talk about. We announced Friday and Saturday. And now last night, I did announce that I would put on social media our, my, your list of the 10 coolest people ever. It's not a top 10 list. It's a list of the 10 coolest people ever. I haven't had time to put on social media yet. Why not, Tone? What do you mean you haven't had time? You've got nothing but time. Well, first off, that didn't work out that way for us because we rebuilt this business of ours online. And then today I did a bunch of chores. I did a bunch of chores. Yesterday I changed the garbage disposal. Very proud of that. Yeah. And then um, today uh, did the did a whole bunch of work in the front yard and backyard. And I didn't have time um, to put the list up. I was also promoting tonight's show and other things on social media. You may have gotten one of 10,000 emails or Facebook messages saying, uh, take my class, see my show, take my class, see my show. But I will now once again go over the top 10, the, the not top 10, the 10 list of the coolest people ever, chosen not by me, but by all of us over a series of weeks. And this will go up this weekend. Number one was Miles Davis. Number two, Keith Richards. Number three, James Dean. Number four, Frank Sinatra. Number five, Steve McQueen. Number six, Prince. Number seven, Humphrey Bogart. Number eight, Jack Nicholson. Number nine, Billie Holiday. And number 10, Lauren Bacall. The 10 coolest people ever. That is our list. Now we'll put it up and we'll let um, 
we'll let all sorts of social media trolls uh, argue and fight and try to uh, belittle, belittle us and go, I can't believe you didn't do this. I can't believe you didn't do that. And there's a lot of other very cool people. There's an 11th. There's a 12th. There's a 35th. And when you think about the fact that there's over 7 billion people on the planet now and billions have lived, if you're the 35th coolest person who ever existed, that's still pretty cool. But that's not what this list is. This is not a list of the 35 coolest. It's a list of the 10. The 10 coolest people ever. One of these days, we'll make a list of uh, um, uh, 1,000 coolest people ever. I've got a Rolling Stone magazine someplace, and I think the Rolling Stone magazine is the best 500 Bob Dylan songs. So not 500 Bob Dylan songs. The, of all of his songs, the best 500. That's how prolific that man was, is still. Just put out a song not too long ago. All right. So that is our list. You can argue with the list if you want. You can. But uh, you don't seem to be here to do it. Okay, uh, the other thing we do is I show you some sort of cool piece of memorabilia uh, that I have here around the house or in the office. Something's of an autograph. Something means something to me. Something that might be rare. Something goofy. Something fun. Here's what I got to you for you today. A simple green piece of paper. There it is. A simple green piece of paper. There it is. There it is, YouTube fans. Kind of hard to see because of the light. I'm sorry. Let's see if I get it down there a little more. Maybe over there a little bit. All right, so a simple green piece of paper. And what it is, it's kind of thing gets stuck on your shirt. It's stuck on your shirt, and it's old. And what is it that we're looking at? It is, uh, look closely now. You recognize that logo? Do you recognize that logo? That is the MTV Music Television logo. And this was a pass for the MTV Half Hour Comedy Hour. The Half Hour Comedy Hour done January 30th. I forget what year, 1991, maybe, MTV, half hour, comedy hour, all right? And I was on that show, I was on that show. It was filmed over, uh, I forget the movie studio lot, right over by the Formosa Cafe off of Melrose Avenue. Uh, I was on with uh, Norm MacDonald and I think Tom Rhodes and a bunch of other great comics, and uh, it was quite the time. Uh, I got a call from MTV. They asked if I'd like to be on the show, and I said, yes, I would. Uh, I had a joke. Uh, and by then, by the way, the big scare, the big pan, uh, epidemic, uh, the fear uh, that was the sum of our fears was the AIDS epidemic, that we were all that the very act of having sex was going to kill you, and that we were all going to die that way. And maybe that would have happened except for some extraordinary efforts by uh, local, state, and national, and worldwide officials to find a way to uh, uh, contain that, okay? And we still don't have a vaccine for it, but it's now something you can live with if you got it. So I had a joke way back in 1991, let's say 91, maybe 92, I don't know. And the joke, uh, and uh, I, I, MTV asked me to tell them what jokes I was going to tell. I told them the jokes, and they go, well, I don't know that. I could have had a joke about AIDS, and they go, that might be a little. And I go, well, okay, I mean, I'll take it out. I don't care, you know. I want to be on TV. One joke, what the hell, I'll take it out. Not that big a deal. Was it my linchpin joke? But then I got a call a couple days later from uh, the uh, woman who was producing the show. She goes, you know, Tony, uh, we had a meeting about your joke. We talked with the New York office and the LA office, and we want you to do the joke. We want those kind of jokes on MTV. I went, wow, okay, cutting edge. And here was the joke. The joke was, um, recently I took an AIDS test, and it takes like three days to get the results. And the whole time I was a nervous wreck. And I called my brother to see if I could get some sort of comfort. And I guess he was trying to help me. I don't know. Because I said, Jerry, what if I got it? Then I'll die. He went, Tone, just think positive. That 
was the joke. Okay? And it got the same response that I'm getting in this room right now. Absolute silence. <laughs> now, it got a big laugh in the clubs, but in a, uh, in a, cl- in a, uh, in a uh, movie studio, uh, you know, uh, in a movie studio right on the border of Hollywood and West Hollywood, they weren't having it. Uh, Kevin Brown says, I really miss MTV's Yo MTV Raps and Headbangers Ball. Yo, those were good shows. Those are great shows. Groundbreaking shows. Groundbreaking. Sometimes they show them like a nostalgia or something. So for one brief shining moment, I was on MTV, and that was uh, pretty fucking cool. And then um, then I bought a nightclub and uh, ruined my career. So, uh, <laughs> so that's your little, uh, that's your little uh, uh, memorabilia we have today. That you're looking at someone who was on a classic now stand-up comedy show. MTV's Half Hour Comedy Hour. All right. So, uh, hello, Tina and Mike Lawson. Hope you guys are doing well. All right. Let's get to the music, okay? Uh, that's one thing that we do on Sundays. Um, is We do it every day. Hey, you guys. How are you? Uh, we do it every day. Is uh, From my vast vinyl collection, I find stuff. Sometimes stuff that was very popular at one time, okay? Uh, sometimes stuff that wasn't popular but I particularly liked. But under our concept that in a world that had gotten quite a bit smaller for a while and still isn't all bust out wide open yet, even though they're opening a lot of things, uh, it's still a, lo- a little bit smaller that we have to, that everything old must be made new again in order for us to keep our, uh, our sanity, uh, you know, keep our, our, uh, a good state of mind by re-exploring all the wonderful stuff we probably have right at our fingertips. You have so much wonderful stuff right at your fingertips. Okay, uh, that you, uh, so many things right in your line of sight that you don't even notice. Okay, and I'm a prime, uh, uh, I'm, I'm majorly guilty of that. We don't, we don't know what we got till it's gone. Well, fortunately, a lot of that stuff is not gone, it's just around. So I went through my vinyl album collection, which I seldom listen to the records. Okay. But uh, and said, man, I got all this stuff that I loved. I bought it. I listened to it. And now I'm just sitting here gathering dust. Let's talk about it. Here's something. Uh, this is very cool. Very kind of different. There you go. There you go. All right. Is that Harry Belafonte? No, it is not. It is another, none other than Sam Cooke. And this is Sam Cooke live at the Copacabana in New York. Now, you can remember what kind of a big deal that was. Uh, entertainers who were African-American being able to play places like the Copa. You know, Nat King Cole was able to do it. Harry Belafonte was able to do it. They still weren't able to go directly in to uh, the nightclub. They weren't able to sit and hang out in the nightclub. But uh, he played the Copa, and he, um, uh, and he uh, uh, recorded an album there. On this album, is uh, side one is the opening introduction. Okay. Uh, what state was that and in what year? So the Copacabana was in New York City. And I'm looking to see if I've got the year on here. Um, the inter- uh, let's read it. In the entertainment business, what separates the boys from the men is the personal appearance on a club floor. Making a hit record is one thing, and many boys have done it. But holding an audience that has been entertained by Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr., and all the greats of show business, that's a man-sized job. It takes personality, a feeling for different audiences, the talent to handle many kinds of songs, a sense of pacing and showmanship. And that's what he was able to do there. I don't, I cannot find the year on it anywhere. 
So uh, we'll look it up, but that's where it is. It's in, uh, it's in New York City. So uh, what were the songs? We, we, I'm quite sure it was the early, uh, late 50s, early 60s. Uh, oh, they were uh, the best things in life for free, Bill Bailey. Nobody knows you when you're down and out. Frankie and Johnny, and then a medley of Try a Little Tenderness for sentimental reasons, and You Send Me, which was his big hit. You send me, darling, you do, darling, you do. And uh, I had a hammer, and side two is When I Fall in Love, a beautiful tune. Twisting the Night Away, uh, this little light of mine, I'm going to make it shine. Um, and then uh, Blow It in the Wind and Tennessee Waltz. So You Send Me was his big, big hit. Uh, I'm going to answer Martin D. Ballon's question. Do you have any, uh, do I have any um, um, comedy albums and tapes? Yeah, you had about 30 of them. Uh, Martin, and we will get to them. I do not have any John Fox albums or tapes, unfortunately. I know, I knew John. I met John. Everybody who was a comic in that era uh, uh, admired John, look, uh, looked up to John, not for his lifestyle, pretty fucking crazy lifestyle, but uh, for his uh, love of our art and how good he was at it. And uh, a great guy, and I'm sorry to see him go. And, and Martin, if you'll be, if you continually watch a show every day at 2 p.m., uh, eventually, sometime in the next week or two, I'll get to a really big, big and uh, uh, impressive to me that I have a comedy album collection. We did talk about the Smothers Brothers last night. I did have the uh, uh, Smothers Brothers recorded live at the Troubadour. So Sam Cooke had just this great, great, it was, you know what, it was kind of cool because I had this thing from Facebook to YouTube because of a little tracer. Uh, so Martin, we will get to that. Sam Cooke... Great singer, on his way, loved by white and black audiences both, was gunned down, shot, shot by a jealous lover in hell. Sam Cooke, like a lot of guys, like a lot of singers and artists and musicians and comics and anybody who's in the public eye and is a young guy, uh, had an eye for the ladies and the ladies had an eye for him. And he was in a hotel with a beautiful woman, shot. By a jealous lover. But then when you read the story of it, the jealous lover turns out to be a woman. That's right. That's right. Sam Cooke was having sex with a woman who was in a gay relationship with another woman. Uh, and that woman shot and killed Sam Cooke. A black man killed by a gay woman. Take from that what you will. So uh, Sam Cooke uh, left us far too early. Uh, and uh, he left us uh, due to love. Uh, due to love. Due to love. Due to love. Now, another guy who left us far too early, but uh, left a permanent mark on American pop music is right here, and I got this, and I'm so glad that I have this. Okay, having this means that I actually am a, a true uh, uh, aficionado of American pop music uh, from rock and roll forward. And uh, here it is. Look at that. Ladies and gentlemen, what are you looking at right here? That is an album called Buddy Holly Lives. Buddy Holly Lives. This is Buddy Holly and the Crickets, 20 Golden Hits. Now, you may not be familiar with Buddy Holly. Or for many years, you may not have been familiar with Buddy Holly. Okay, because after Buddy Holly went, um, he kind of disappeared from um, the conversation, the American music conversation. But his music lasted forever. It was played by countless Bands that followed, hard rock groups. Here were the 20 big hits, just to show you, and you'll, you'll recognize a lot of these. That'll be the day. Oh, that'll be the day when you say goodbye. 
Peggy Sue, words of love, every day, not fade away. I'm going to tell you how it's going to be. Oh boy, maybe baby. Listen to me, heartbeat, think it over. It doesn't matter anymore. Beautiful tune. It's so easy. It's so easy, yeah. Well, all right. Ray Vaughn, Raining in My Heart, True Love Ways. Peggy Sue got married. Bo Diddley, uh, brown-eyed, handsome man, and Wishing. So, so many of these songs were recorded by so many other groups after he went. And, of course, he went in the way, you know, his death became part of a legendary song, American Pie. Uh, died in a plane crash with uh, the Big Bopper and Richie Valens, uh, leaving, leaving Clear Lake, Iowa uh, on a stormy night. Uh, and then uh, it was only in his early 20s. I used some of the, uh, his tips about songwriting in my workshops, uh, teaching people how to write, teaching people the impetus for writing. But just to give you an idea, that'll be the day. It's a cool song. That'll be the day when you say goodbye. That'll be the day when you make me cry. That song was inspired... That great legendary rock pop song by a John Wayne movie, a John Ford movie to be exact with John Wayne in it, called The Searchers. And Buddy Holly was just a kid, and him and his, I believe, his bass player or drummer went to the movies in an afternoon and saw The Searchers. And in that movie, John Wayne's catchphrase is, that'll be the day. Everybody time somebody says something, he goes, really? That'll be the day. And uh, Buddy Holly went home and wrote, That'll be the day, because that catchphrase is ringing in his ears. Peggy Sue, of course, fun uh, words of love. Not fade away. So I really became familiar with Buddy Holly through the Grateful Dead. Now, other people, the Rolling Stones had done a version of Not Fade Away. It was it is a good version, not particularly great. But the, the Dead had done, like with so many songs, made Not Fade Away their own. Made it part of a medley they did. Became part of that. When you heard those drums, you just went a little crazy at a Grateful Dead concert. And it wasn't until I'd heard it a few times that I realized that it was a Buddy Holly song. And I went, God damn, what else did this guy write? Uh, maybe Baby's a great song. Uh, it doesn't matter anymore. I know from Melinda Ronstadt version that is just heartbreaking it's so easy uh also uh linda ronstadt uh, linda Ron, ronstadt uh well all right by the legendary super group of the late 60s blind faith just so many great songs revisit buddy holly and you realize that you probably know those songs by 100 other artists that you love who did the songs you didn't realize that buddy holly was the one doing them so that's our two artists for the day man you should check out you should google or youtube sam cook start out with you send me buddy holly anything buddy holly did then look up other versions of his songs and you'll be stunned at the legendary artist who uh, uh recorded his music okay he is one of the most important people in pop music um keith richards credit credits him with his career he goes well everything i did i just i stole from buddy holly that's all just all i did was steal from buddy buddy holly so uh, an important person in the history of American music. And we got to remember our history. You got to remember who we were. Got to remember where we came from. Got to remember what got us here because that's what's going to move us forward. Don't forget who you are. Don't forget what got you here. Don't forget what's getting you through. Don't. Don't lose yourself in this silliness. Some people have or are starting to. Don't lose yourself in the silliness. Reach out. Okay. All right, I'm going to wrap up today because i got a big show tonight at 7 o'clock on Zoom. Uh, Jonathan Gregory, if you want tickets, if you want a ticket, go to ComedySchools.com and go to the Get Tickets link and just click it and you'll be able to get uh, some tickets for this uh, very funny 
and fun Zoom show. Will I be doing live shows in person again uh, sometime soon? I'm not ready to answer that yet. I have an answer. I have an answer, okay? But I'm not ready to answer yet. Sometime in the next week or two, I will let you know. Remember that the two artists that we, uh, that I, that's the things, our takeaway today is that I was on the MTV Half Hour Comedy Hour, and the two artists that we have um, uh, recommended are Buddy Holly and Sam Cooke. So Google them or YouTube them, all right? Um, I don't know if I should say because there's someone who's kind of famous is on, but I don't know if she wants us to, uh, to bring it up, okay? Uh, so, but anyway, uh, hi to you. You know who I'm talking. You know who I'm talking to. I never met her, just friends through, fa- through Facebook, but a very, very cool person uh, is watching right now, and we want to thank you for that. Uh, and you know who you are. Okay, uh, a woman who was in an iconic movie from the 70s. If you want to come on sometime and, um, you know what I could even do with you, and I would love to do it if you wanted to, is I could actually bring you on camera. Now, you know who you are. You know who I'm talking about. So if you're interested, uh, private message me, because I think, I think we'll start doing that. It'd, it'd be a real kick, because I'd love to talk to you about that movie and all the people that you knew in it and other stuff you did. All right, otherwise than that, otherwise than that, a big, I left you with two big mysteries. Someone who's on, who's famous, was in a movie I really love. Uh, that I just saw again about a week ago, uh, and that uh, sometime in the next couple of weeks, I'll be telling you if I'm planning on doing live in-person shows in the near future, and where and when. Otherwise than that, if you want to see me again today, you want, I'd like to see him again today. Wouldn't it be nice to see him again today? 7 o'clock on Zoom. Go to ComedySchools.com and click Get Tickets, all right? Until tomorrow at 2 p.m. for my producer, who just happens to be my wife, for my wife, who just happens to be my producer, Shirley Lovisic. I want to thank you for tuning in today. We'll see you tomorrow at 2 p.m. right here on Living on a Thin Line. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.